Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Pat Sherlock, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Today's topic is dealing with performance problems, a terrific topic to say the least. I am so thrilled to have Laura Burford with me today. Laura is head of mortgage sales, mortgage department at American National Bank. She was prior to that was with First National Bank of Omaha and Charter West. Uh, Welcome, Laura. Thanks for having me, Pat. I appreciate it. Well, this is a topic every manager faces, and it's really a pretty important topic for sure. But let's start off with, you know, how did you get into managing and what was that all about? I I got into it accidentally, to be quite honest with you, as I'm sure many people do. I was a fairly good producer. I, I started out in a bank, worked through some operations roles, ended up in a sales position, and was having some some good success in mortgage lending. I worked for a pretty dynamic, awesome leader who tapped me on the shoulder one day, and we were in the midst of signing a, a marketing services agreement with a large real estate company, and he said, I think you would be the best person to build our team. So. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't looking for it. And, you know, he he said, hey, I I just see this in you and I I think you should do this. So I just said, yes, that is how I started sales management. So when you look about all these years of your managing, what's the best advice that you ever heard on the topic? And are there books that you recommend that really were important to you or, or talk a little bit about that? The best advice I think I ever got was what you allow will continue. I mean, you know, you as the leader set the standard. And so to recognize that if I'm allowing it, that I'm going to get more of it. So that, I guess, I don't know if that's advice or more of just a a really poignant perspective uh, that was just an eye opener for me that's always stayed with me. So when something's happening I don't like, I'm going to have to deal with that or allow it to continue. Give an example of what that would be and, and how you have to step in as a manager. You know, recently I can tell you there was something happening that I thought, you know, I just don't think that's good for the team. And if I don't say anything, it's going to keep happening. And I know it's bothering people. So I oversee both sales and operations. And I have an employee who's newish to us. She's been here maybe a year and a half. And she'd perpetually say things like, well, when I used to work at so-and-so company, or we did it like this when I was at such and such a company. And she'd always refer to we and this other place she worked, even after being here over a year and a half. You know, if you're brand new, I could see you, you know, maybe wanting to reference back, but just repeatedly, you know, with the volume, I've gotten a lot more involved in some of our operational meetings just to manage pipeline. So I was hearing it more. And I could tell that it was just bothering people and I'd have a couple people kind of roll their eyes. The next time it happened, I just said, well, tell me more about that. And I just let her tell me why she thought that was good, what specifically thing operationally that she thought was better there. And I I just agreed with her. I said, you know what? That does work in a lot of places and I can completely see how that worked for them. But here this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. And I know that, you know, you had a different experience and I've worked other places where it was like that, but here we're doing this. 
do you see how that could work too? And she didn't know what to say, but it went away. She hasn't done it again, or she sure as heck hasn't done it to me. You know, I don't know if she just wanted some recognition that she had knowledge that we didn't have, or maybe she thought I didn't know, but, you know, she was referencing an extraordinarily large organization and, and their operations functions, and, and we're a community bank with a smaller team, and, and that doesn't necessarily work for us. So I just addressed it in a really positive way and let her talk, but then also let her know that that wasn't what we we're going to be doing. So I didn't want to let her keep telling that story. Does that make sense? Oh, it does by far. And I'm not surprised that it was someone coming from a larger organization because that's typically what you end up seeing is that they're saying wherever they were with, let's say it was one of the big guys, that they're they're really trying to, it's really not Apple's to Apple at all. So I'm not no. surprised and I'm, I'm not surprised that she got the message also. So that's really a great <laughs> example. So when you look at the secret sauce of managing, what do you think that is or what do you think people maybe miss? I would say that it's really a lot of the traditional HR stuff you hear is about what you're doing as the boss. You know, you're responsible for managing them. You're responsible for motivating. You're responsible for uh, employee engagement. There's all kinds of mandates that say the manager should. And I think the the real secret to to this and performance management is focusing on what the employee can do and what the employee has power over. I don't believe that I can actually motivate a poor performer. I'm not going to motivate them into better performance. They're either going to choose it or not. So the secret there is really just laying out, it sounds so simple, but it, it is often really missed or just not done well. Lay out exactly what you want them to do in a really positive way. You know, here's what greatness would look like. Here's what the ideal employee would look like. Here's what the best results could look like. And then invite them to do it. You know, do you think this is something you could do? Get them to tell you that they're going to do it. Get them to commit to it. You know, you can sure try to excite people and build some team spirit, but I think the real trick it's not really a trick, but <laughs> the real the real secret here is not telling them what to do, showing them what you would like, what greatness would look like, and then inviting them to do it. Let them buy in. So do you do this during the interview process or is this like once you're onboarding <laughs> them or, or how when when is this conversation happening? Well, okay, so we all come into a management role with some team, right? Like we're inheriting some. So you're going to have to go through a process of getting people on the bus or getting them off of it. And that's where I'm going with like performance management. You're either coaching up or coaching out. But I think, you know, in all honesty, if you're building a team, just avoid all these issues and just hire right. I mean, if you're if you lay what I just set out as a performance management plan, if you lay that out in an interview process, People can't wait to work for you or they won't call you back or they won't take the offer. So you can you can sift them out and I, you're going to love this, but I'm going to tell you the hiring tool is super important. If you can pre-screen people 
for, especially when you're talking about sales, you know, give them some sort of sales assessment and find out if they really have what it takes. If you're talking about operations, you know, kind of go through those same sorts of questions and same outlay of expectations and see if they buy in. Ask them. Well, that's a really good point. And I think too many times when managers have on their recruiting hat, that's really a selling hat and they may not be listening to what the candidate is saying back. Well, that leads right. us, yeah, that leads us to the next issue of talking about and this one is one that is one of my favorites because I don't see a lot of managers handling it right. But how do you deal with performance problems? Talk about that and from your viewpoint. When does it surface? When do you need to take action? Give maybe some examples so people would recognize them. So on the sales side, it's pretty easy when you can just look at numbers. You know, that's that's a little bit easier than maybe on the ops side. But the sales folks, you know, when you're seeing results that aren't where you want, you know, sometimes the conversation might sound like, you know, tell me about tell me about your numbers. Let them, you know, tell you their story. They're always going to have a story that has a lot of his, you know, excuses in it. I think that not buying into that and and disrupting their thought process is the best thing you can do for them. So when someone says, well, you know, they show you their activities. I went to this networking event and I went to see these builders and I did these open houses and I did and they tell you all this stuff like, you know, see, I did it. Okay, but it doesn't look like that's working. So what's next? What's your next plan? You know, I'm not going to talk about all the things you did because they obviously didn't work. So a good tell me about tell me about what you're going to do next or tell me about how, how did that go? What did you do when you went to that open house? What did you what did you do at that networking event? I mean, you just got to keep drilling down because they always have a good story about why they don't have results. But I think you have to keep asking questions until you get to the point where they either realize that they're not doing it right or that they don't know. Or you get to a point where you can, you know, sometimes I've honestly gotten to a point where I tell people like, do you really love your job? Do you, is this fun? Do you want to be doing this? Because a lot of times they really don't, but they don't want to tell you that. They right. also aren't good at it. They don't feel good not being good at it. That's not a fun thing. So I think, you know, when you really help people question their own excuses, question that story, get down to it. And if, again, I'm talking about salespeople, if they're just really not having success, that doesn't feel good for them. The best thing I can do is help them find something else that they can be successful at. I, I, I really look at letting them go as a gift to them. They're not going to do it on their own. No, that's exactly right. Well, let's get into the weeds here a little bit, Laura. Talk about, in other words, how many months so let's assume you have a standard that you're looking at production per loan officer and we'll concentrate on the on the originator side. And they're not, you know, in other words, at what point are you sitting down to have a conversation? Are you letting two months go by? Are you letting 30 days go by? Or talk through kind of how you look at and, and what you actually implement. So I think every institution or organization might have some different HR guidelines on that. I happen to work for a family-owned organization that's got a fair bit of a patience level. So um, we would probably look at a good six-month trend line. You know, there are cycles to our market where somebody might have some better months and then drop off. And 
it, it's just more of a trend. Is it consistently low? Is it consistently bad? And also, what's the quality of the file? You know, am I hearing about we're having fire drills at closings or right before closings? Or, you know, what's the file quality look like? Not just the volume, but I would say you're going to you're going to start having some conversations just at least at a high level, two to three months. If you're not seeing maybe again, not just the, the closing numbers, but the activity level and the quality of the file. I would not wait longer than 90 days ever. Right. And certainly for some organizations, it's even sooner than that. So how do you mm -hmm. monitor the performance problems? And then I guess we'll end up talking also about how you have these actual conversations, which you kind of spoke about a little bit before. But mm -hmm. talk about the activities. Like, what are you looking for? In the case where the loan officer is running around doing a lot of things, but nothing mm -hmm. actually is translating into any business, is there something, in other words, you're just looking at apps and or... or in other words, are you monitoring how many activities they're doing? Yeah, I, when you when you notice that there's an issue, you're going to have to spend more time monitoring what they're doing. I don't worry about what my top producers are doing. They're doing it, and I can tell they're doing it because the numbers show me. When the numbers aren't there, you have to start asking a lot more questions. And again, what are you doing? How often are you doing it? Is it working? If it's not working, what can you can you do it differently or better? tell me what you're doing. And maybe it's something, sometimes people are doing stuff they need to stop. I call it creative avoidance. Mm -hmm. I didn't make that up. I, I, I borrowed that from somewhere. But people will create a lot of activity that sounds good. And when you really start asking them, what do you get from that? So how many conversations did you have? How many leads did you get? The answer is none. And so I would say you need to stop doing that. Don't do it anymore. It doesn't add value. No, that's a great point. And a lot of times, obviously, that's the role of the manager to give that yes. insight if the person is not. I guess there's two types of performance problems. One type is uh, the person isn't doing anything, and obviously the results aren't there. The more mm -hmm. troubling issue for most manager is the person is working hard from your perception, but they're mm -hmm. not generating results. Again, the first group I think is pretty easy where you are, yeah. you know, they're not doing anything and there's not any production. So that group, the, the, those people are on an out mode. But the other mm -hmm. person, and I think the difficulty people have as managers is when the person is a good guy, good gal, mm -hmm. hard worker, nice person, but it just doesn't happen. How do you, mm -hmm. in a production standpoint, well, how do you handle that? And, and what is the signs of it? So you could share with the listeners today. Well, you know, I've had people like that on our team and, and, and despite their best efforts, they, they, they're just, I think it almost comes down to a talent issue. They don't, they're not going to make it or whatever they're doing, whatever they're comfortable doing, whatever they're willing to do isn't bringing the results. And so that's where, you know, again, they're nice people. They're not trying to fail and they're certainly not, not working. They're doing what they think they should. But that conversation is a pretty compassionate one. Like, you, we can all see that the results aren't here. They see it. They know. You're not telling them something they don't know. I think just having the conversation is almost a stress reliever when you say your numbers aren't there. What you know? Talk to me about that. And when you get them to start talking, I have found that they are not really comfortable in the role. They're not really happy in it. And then you got you kind of almost give them permission to not not have the job. Like, hey, you don't. Let's not try to 
make this something that it's not going to be. You know, what else can you do? What's your real passion? What, what can I help you find? The, the, the conversations I've had like that, they've admitted that it was not their job for them. They didn't want the job. Right. They were trying and they weren't going to ever say they weren't trying. But they, again, it's like they don't want to quit. If you allow it to continue, they'll just keep spinning their wheels. You know, you just have to have that talk with them. This isn't the right job for you. Right. And I find that's the issue that many managers are afraid to have. But I think in my experience, similar to you, is what you're saying is a lot of times the person is really relieved. And a lot of times that conversation will generate the person really kind of looking to see what else they they could do in their Mm -hmm. life. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, our time has flown by. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, if you could wrap couple takeaways that that you would want to share when it comes to performance problems that you would say are really critical? Yeah, I would say just be really honest with people. Don't worry about using the right HR language or talk, you know, just be really transparent and authentic. And and I think just being real with them is the best the best gift and the best leadership you can provide. You did ask me earlier, and I wanted to get back to two books that I think were the most impactful for me. One is called Dialogue Works by John Stoker, and it just helps you have those conversations. He has a little mapping tool that that can help you kind of follow a certain conversation pattern. The other one, though, biggest impact of my leadership career is Reality-Based Leadership by Cy Wakeman. And I think reality-based leadership transcends your work. You can carry it out into your life. But Cy Wakeman is a phenomenal leadership coach. And I guess my last thing would be, we don't walk into our first management job knowing how to do it right. And I've, over my career, I've hired three executive coaches. And I know you provide that service. And I've worked with two other coaches I just encourage any leader to get that, you know, independent third-party input. It doesn't need to be somebody in your organization. And I think it is worth hiring expertise to really help yourself, invest in yourself so that you can be the best leader for your people. Well, Laura, you certainly shared a lot of great thoughts and I certainly appreciate it. And I want to thank you for joining us today. Look for our next podcast. Thanks a lot, Laura. Thanks, Pat.